Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. We are offering two separate conversations from this week's episode, A Call to Action on MLK Day, Supporting Disadvantaged Minorities in Managing Liver Health. In this conversation, the second one, Stephen Harrison shares a big question with a practical foundation. Can we take advantage of wait times at COVID-19 vaccine centers to provide liver health screening and education? All four surfers contribute ideas and commit to specific steps we can take to realize this idea. If you have interest in improving liver health in these communities and being part of this initiative, listen, add your own ideas, and share them via the Surfing Nash website or in an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will connect you with others who can help make your ideas a reality and possibly share them on a future episode. Even if you don't have an idea, the energy and enthusiasm in this segment is contagious, and you'll want to catch it. Enjoy listening. Drug developers, investors, researchers, and corporate executives wrestle weekly to understand what is happening in commercial development of NASH medications. Join hepatology researcher and key opinion leader Stephen Harrison, liver wellness advocate Louise Campbell, and forecasting and pricing guru Roger Green as they discuss the issues affecting the evolving NASH market from their own unique perspectives on the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. Stephen, someone who does the things that you do and has the uh, opportunities for impact that you do, what are the greatest places that folks in those positions can work right now to have impact on this issue around health? I mean, Don and Louise mentioned measurement. We also talked about education. We talked about a few things. Where do you see the where do you see the opportunities that, that you and other opinion leaders can do the most to drive a better outcome here? First of all, thank you both you know, Roger and Donna for, for those really undeserved comments. But I think part of it, you know, I'm given an opportunity and just happy to help in that arena. But I, I think really the, the shining star, the, the North Star, if you will, right now of opportunity is really focused on targeting these vaccination centers, particularly now. The, the over 65 multiple comorbidities that are lining up for vaccinations, what a real opportunity. Louise, you talked about it last week. It's perseverated in my mind over and over. And I've talked to so many people and quoted you so many times about getting at the fringes of society that are coming in that may have never seen a doctor before, that may never see a doctor again. And what an opportunity, what a one shot on goal opportunity you have to address a major health issue. And this rolls right into Global Liver Institute and all the things Donna and her amazing team are doing, extending out into Wayne's team, Fatty Liver Foundation and others. I do want to mention a few stats and then I then I want to tell you what we're doing in San Antonio and, and, and see if I could get some mentorship from you guys on how better to affect that. So just today, we're nearing 400,000 deaths in the U.S. from coronavirus. Think back to when this first started. You know, when it first started hitting the news, everybody was glued to, to the TV and we were seeing these different models come out of potentially up to 220,000 deaths in the U.S. if we didn't flatten the curve. Well, fast forward 10 months, 11 months, well, we've blown past that curve. And now we are approaching the same number of deaths that occurred from our U.S. troops in World War II. We've already surpassed the number of deaths from World War I, Korea, and Vietnam Wars combined. So this is a war. This is a hashtag real talk war. And how do we 
affect change? Well, here's the good news. Hospitalizations are down for the first time four days in a row. Deaths are down for the first time several days in a row. Still a a huge number, but we may be peaking and turning the corner. We look at Israel and we see where vaccination programs have left a big fat dent on the planet in the name of herd immunity. It's just a matter of time. And I think the light is at the end of the tunnel. But how do we capitalize on all those people lining up for vaccinations? Roger, you mentioned six-week wait to get in. Here in San Antonio, we're mass vaccinating at the Alamo Dome. That is like a big NFL football type stadium. We have vaccinations set up at tents in the Wonderland Mall of Americas here in San Antonio. So I met with authorities for the city and and for our major health networks last week to design a way that we could address that captive audience. It's not like you drive up, you get your shot and you drive away. There's a line. That means you have to wait. You get your shot you have to wait at least 15 minutes if you have no prior history of reactions and 30 if you do. So what better captive audience to educate them about liver disease than right here? And so I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. Is it a one-page flyer front and back that talks about the epidemiology, the definition, epidemiology, and natural history and diagnosis of fatty liver with a referral to our Center for Counseling and Fiber Scan? Is it me personally handing those flyers out and having one-on-one conversations over and over again all day long? That's not a very big force multiplier in my mind, but I want to pilot it and I want to see what kind of results we can get so that we can take that good news story, if it is in fact a good news story, and replicate that not only around Texas, but around this country and around the world. As you mentioned, a thousand vaccine centers opening up in the UK. This is something that could go global if we were to design some piece of information, even if it's just nothing more than handing them, looking them in the eye and saying, I want you to hear this story. It may not apply to you, but you know, what else do you have to do? You're sitting here in line, read it, throw it away, give it to a neighbor, but it's information I think you might find helpful. And if it's not helpful for you, it might be to somebody that you know. Imagine what kind of message what kind of result we could have if we're able to do that. Is that reasonable to consider? Is it an off-the-wall idea? And I think what better day to discuss it than on a day where Martin Luther King left such a big, fat impact in his life on our society And how do we transcend that and take that ball and run with it? Stephen, I'm I'm happy to receive that. I love the idea. I absolutely agree with the premise. And I think we have a very good and very recent model to use in what it just took to get 150 million people, half the population, basically voting in this last election. Regardless of who they voted for, we were just able to use those spaces that you were talking about. Uh, And I was, you know, remarking with sadness that the convention center was dim and closed today. So in places like the Alamo Dome, in in all of these places that we've opened up, sometimes for the very first time for non-sport uses, for civic uses, for public health uses, is the really important next step. When When I see all these athletes and NFL teams 
sort of newly empowered and they are thinking, what can they do for their communities next? What can they advocate next? It is using these large spaces for large public health interventions. And I think liver health has to be a part of that. You know, having taken a part in like the uh, NBC health and fitness expos that we would have here in DC and in several places, cities around the country where they would have screenings for blood pressure and, and diabetes. The reason that they were able to attract people, some, you know, who didn't have regular connections with the healthcare system. And that for many people was their only healthcare of the entire year. It was for the healthcare, for the screening, but it was surrounded by interactive people doing Zumba classes on stage four, somebody doing a nutrition class on stage two and people, some celebrities, but some, you know, the local restaurateur, the local fitness instructor, people again of that city, that town, that community. And so when it got to the stations where people were getting their blood drawn, I, I think there are several several elements that I would I would love to see happen and, and certainly, you know, pledge to help you with. So yes, I do think there needs to be a piece of enduring material, a brochure or something, if for no other reason that it gives them something to give to a family member or somebody who didn't didn't attend. And it needs to be you know multiple languages. But I think then, you know, maybe it's not the you know the Stephen Harrisons of the world because your time is very valuable in so many different different places but you know how who can we deputize and mobilize so, so that people see energetic smiling faces are there college kids who are studying online at home and looking for something to do you know our our global liver institute interns have come from around the, the country even more so during this pandemic because they don't need to come to DC so you know how many other college and graduate students would love to have this opportunity to deliver practical health education and not just um, study that. And they're, they're so energetic and so smart. And so I would bring them into the cause and assign them because people do need that one-on-one -on -one conversation in language and, and just a time to wrap their minds around things and ask questions and figure out how it applies to them. And then I would like to add as many, you know, um, whistles and bells as, as possible because I've never been called unambitious. And so, you know, can we do fiber scan screenings? Could we do HCV rapid tests? Could we do how many other liver health screenings or, you know, questionnaires and yes, links to local healthcare facilities and practitioners for a follow-up. Could we add on to this? But the core, and I think, you know, we need to start somewhere, you know, that core is just mentioning to people while they're waiting that their liver health is something to pay attention to and to ask their doctor questions about and to question themselves. Is that important first step? So I, I love the idea and I'm in. And this is why my people don't let me have time off, because then I, I volunteer the whole organization for things like that. So, Donna, while, while all our minds are rolling, I have a couple of questions and a couple of thoughts. Right? I talked with one of your amazingly long-haired people the other day, and I'm sure he'll thank me when he, re when he listens to this. So my first thought was that to some degree, this is a time-sensitive opportunity. The vaccine centers are not going to be open forever. So the need to move fast, obviously, is pivotal. So things like, can we put a fiber scan everywhere would be great. But before that, can we enroll people for appointments to go get fiber scans while they're there if they understand the importance of liver health to them? So we can take them that one step down the line and have them enrolled and have a phone number or an email address or something that we can then touch back and keep in touch with through doing that, number one. Question number two is, I wonder who would be motivating to the college students and young aspiring health professionals that you're talking about. I'm going to guess that somebody that plays for the San Antonio Spurs might be more motivating than Steven, but I'll, I'll also guess that Steven is highly motivating because these are people who want to go in 
and health careers. And his energy and his passion, everything he's done will play. I read a Facebook of a family member who got vaccinated last week at Sun Devil Stadium. And I immediately went to, well, gee, who do we know who lives in the Phoenix area who is hepatology, KOL, who has that kind of energy and passion they can bring to this thing? And then I thought about the Georgia Dome. And I started going city by city and saying, so who do we know there? You know, and, and how can you get an interplay of athletes and opinion leaders to say this stuff really matters? And then a, a tangible piece of paper and maybe a fast next step. I know that's a tremendous amount to do like immediately. And you do a lot more of this than me. Well, I have the paper. Right. <laughs> and I have it in different languages. I have it in Spanish already, you know, translated and, and ready. So, you know, those can be downloaded and, you know, and, and shipped and, you know, um, I'm sure we can get a grant for printing out things. Um, you know, and, and, the, and the students, I think they're there. They're ready. Um, you know, I, I, I know certainly our college-age GLI interns would, uh, you know, love to talk to more and be on the front lines of, of helping to recruit. Um, college credit is not a bad thing, uh, but the experience um, is what they talked about most about what they valued in their internships with us, that they weren't, you know, nobody was making copies of anything. They were, uh, you know, changing policy, talking to patients, you know, designing things um, and that helped advance the, the degree. So I would think that, you know, this is such an amazing, in a horrible way, but an amazing time that will forever, you know, if you have gone to, you know, pursue a healthcare degree, uh, something in public health, uh, public health career, public service career, a medical career at this time, you know, Stephen is right. It, it is a war. This is like, you, you know, you're going through World War One or going through two. If you have done healthcare, educate, been, you know, been educated in healthcare at this time, you'll be fundamentally different than somebody who, you know, did their medical education or public health, you know, studies, you know, five years, 10 years, a year before. And so this generation wants to serve. They are prepared to serve. They are a fantastic, you know, service generation. I can tell that, that Stephen already, you know, talks to them and inspires them. Otherwise he use, wouldn't use terms like hashtag real talk. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he has, he can connect, but I, I, I think that this can be quickly, um, mobilized. We have the materials. We can easily, I, I think, um, apply to get the people. Yes. My fantastic Nash program director who has been keeping very safe, uh, during, uh, during, during the, the pandemic and who's, uh, here is very long, um, and, uh, would, uh, love to add this to his list, um, of, 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 oh, of what of what he what he is uh, what he's doing. So we're you know we're we're ready, and this is so necessary. And you're right that the time is the time is now. But as my team knows, that's the only that's that's the that's that's the time only time frame that I understand. Like you know now or already done. So I'm going to play Imagine for a second, Stephen. Who's the most popular player on the Spurs? San Antonio, not Tottenham. I would say Lamarcus Aldridge would be. Yeah, he would still be number one. Does he do things in the community? I mean, I could see a, a spot with you and LaMarcus Aldridge recruiting students to come be educators and, and, and something for whoever is showing up at the Alamo Dome as, as, as a relatively fast draw, particularly if the material is already in place. I, I know I'm committing lots of people to things that they can't do, but I'm just, you know, if, if the time is now, Donna, right, then, then urgent and, and, and uh, creative is a good thing. I think that that's a, a good point. I mean, there there is... Two medical schools here in San Antonio, you know, lots of medical students in training. In fact, one of them just started working for me, took her fourth year of med school off to work with me in research. So when Donna mentioned that, that immediately got me thinking about her and her potential classmates and others. So 
you know, it's like anything else. A movement starts with one person, but it's validated when the second person steps up and joins the movement. And so it may be that we just get her speaking to her classmates and that begins the movement. But I think all of these young minds have an altruistic spirit and they're eager to help. And what better way to do that than to deliver the news about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease to an endangered population who wants to be healthy or they wouldn't line up for a vaccine. By the way, while we're at it, Louise, I'm thinking, because everything goes back to San Antonio, right, Stephen, that the one um, indigenous Australian sports star right now with world-class cachet is Patty Mills, who plays for San Antonio Spurs. So if you were doing sports stars and hepatologists in combination and medical school students, even those are communities where you could reach, I mean, you can reach anybody, right? I think so. The other thing that Donna mentioned, I'll I'll take her up on. I mean, I'm not sure I have Spanish. I don't think I have a lot of this data translated into Spanish. So if that is something that the GLI has already done, I I think we could certainly use that. Got it. We're at about an hour, so not a bad time for this question. This is a question I wrote before I knew where this conversation would go. But boy, it certainly sounds like the right question for a final. What's it realistic to expect from the new U.S. government and from the uh, U.K. government, as it is, and from the motivation that's being built, what's a realistic expect to expect we may be able to actually motivate people to do? And what are the, we already talked a little bit about some steps we should be taking. What are other steps that we can be taking that we can advocate for next week that we can send this podcast out to people and we can make phone calls and write letters and do all those things to create energy around all this? Perhaps we got it all, perhaps something small, perhaps something big. You tell me, what can we be doing next? Brave one, go first. Well, I think that's the right question. What can you do next? Because, you know, a government is composed of the government, of the people. And so how are you contributing positively? That's the message of the new administration. That's a message of Dr. King. Um, you know, how can you, how can you serve? How can you create change? How can you, you know, improve someone's, you know, health and, and their wealth and, 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 um, Give them more, um, help bring your fellow citizens along um, with you. Um, together we, sh- we go far. And so I think that that's the question um, that everyone who listens to this podcast should take. So we've committed to start today in San Antonio um, to, and these are our, you know, actions. And if everyone takes an action in their community, you know, look up who, you know, owns their local sport team or figures out who's their uh, closest, you know, celebrity, but just themselves, what can they do? What can they translate? Um, if it's not already in Spanish, you know, someone who speaks Spanish, you know, take the material, uh, you know, and, and translate it. What can we as individuals do? We are, we are the change we want to see. And so I think that is the message. And so I'm excited. I think that we are embodying the spirit of service that we are called to on this day, perhaps more than any others, but it's not an aspiration. It's an action. Excellent. Next. Those are excellent points. Speaking on behalf of the UK government, (laughs) 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 I think we've certainly started a discussion 
around weight loss to improve health outcomes, not necessarily being overt in where we're losing that weight or how we're informing people generally about the health. We've recently, in the last couple of years, had a sugar tax on drinks for those um, under the age of 18. So I think we are starting a move towards being a little bit more wellness orientated from a healthcare perspective in government legislation. And I think that's key because to prevent us being a continual illness service, which is what the NHS predominantly is, we need to promote wellness. We need to educate, instill confidence in people that they are the masters of their own destiny, given the right resources and tools at the right time that they want them. So I think we have started that discussion. As I mentioned last week, I've now heard adverts about scanning to prevent internal fat accumulation in your children, which we wouldn't have had. So I think there is a genuine move. There's a lot more people running and maybe that's just the lockdown, but there's a lot more people I see out doing these exercises. So I think there is a genuine move, whether it's continued, whether or not we all forget it when we get back to the new normal of partying and getting out there, I don't know. But hopefully the government will continue its stronger message and certainly look at multi-morbidity resourcing rather than individual siloed resourcing, which is a more expensive way to deliver any form of healthcare if you just repeat the same weight loss management in multiple different areas, but don't give different groups access to the same weight loss management tools or exercise tools. So I'd like to see a bit more thinking and joined up there, but the stone is rolling. Will it continue to roll down the hill? I don't know. Yeah, I'll just finish up my part by by saying, you know, just thinking more broadly with everything that, that Donna highlighted, I think we can do a better job at, I can do a better job at, and I'm taking that on as my own personal challenge. I mean, not only at my site, but you know, I run a, a, a 60 site network around the country. You were mentioning earlier Sun Devil Stadium. You know, that uh, we have several hepatologists in that area that, that, that could and probably would jump at the opportunity to educate. And that could be replicated at roughly 60 different places around the U.S. just through our network. So I, I take that as a challenge and, and a do out. So I have my homework in front of me, Roger, uh, Louise and Donna. Thanks for for that. I thought I'd finished school, but now I'm back in. I'll just throw something into the mix. If you were to choose a ribbon colour for fatty liver disease. It's burgundy. It, is it burgundy? I couldn't find it. it. We haven't like registered, but I've distributed them. They're burgundy. I'm sending you one. It's burgundy. Is burgundy. It? That's great. Because when I was looking on the international list, I couldn't find fatty liver disease. I could find liver cancer, which was yellow. Yeah, I know. it's burgundy. So, excellent. Okay. So here's, here's my homework, kids. Kids, because it's homework. I will talk with uh, each of the three of you separately. And we will talk about opinion leaders we know, folks who've been on the podcast or we know listen, that we can send rough cuts of this episode to over the next day or two and say... We'd be happy to work with you on how to activate using this conversation as a driver and see what else we can do to publicize and to get support around it. So the dialogue we start today becomes a dialogue that lots of people can have about how to be a little outside the box and a little courageous at a moment when boldness is really called for and people are thirsting for bold action. So that's mine. And I can think off the top of my head of two dozen people we should be sending this to in the next day. And uh, Donna, Steve, and Louise, I'll get together with you on who they might be. We'll do it and see what we get. Actually, I was just emailing. I think they're terrific. And 
with your permission, I was asking if you were giving me permission, I may just submit those to the city to see if they would accept that as the materials that we pass out and discuss. Absolutely. We can also break into it and insert a place for the city you know, logo and your research network logo as well so that people can get that um, connection to care. Okay. That's perfect. That's a fantastic note I wish in. Much better than my comment. So with that, let's end. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you have any questions or comments about the content of the conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We are releasing two total conversations from this episode. Our next new episode will release on Thursday, January 28th. Stay safe. See you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Drug developers, investors, researchers, and corporate executives wrestle weekly to understand what is happening in commercial development of NASH medications. Join hepatology researcher and key opinion leader Stephen Harrison, liver wellness advocate Louise Campbell, and forecasting and pricing guru Roger Green as they discuss the issues affecting the evolving NASH market from their own unique perspectives on the Surfing the NASH Tsunami podcast.